Ladies and gentlemen, good evening. Welcome back. This is Triple Play Tuesday with your host, Shane Moore. Tonight, we're going to talk a bit about the Super Bowl, which happened over the weekend. Follow us on Twitter at Triple Tuesdays. Here to see a tweet that came out last night. It has to do with me coming clean about the Timberwolves. It kind of came over me this weekend. I just got to be honest with all of you. Super Bowl also marks the end of the NFL season, and we are now in the off-season for the NFL. Draft is coming up. We're going to talk a little bit about that. Talk about the Wild, what they've been up to out of the break. I guess we'll talk about baseball. Sad, sad game of baseball. First, let's start with the hometown favorites, Minnesota Vikings, and, and what's going to be going on there. Actually, before we jump into the Vikings, let's just quick talk about the Super Bowl and that game. I was rooting for the Bengals, so obviously it didn't go the way I was hoping for it. It was a great game, no doubt. Absolutely loved it. Uh, happy to see Matt Stafford get himself a ring. I don't think there's a more deserving quarterback in the league that could have gotten a ring, so kudos to him. Um, halftime show was phenomenal. I know there's a lot of elderly folks that uh, weren't real into it, but hey, you get me some Snoop Dogg, some Dr. Dre, 50 Cent makes an appearance, Eminem. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's a that's a halftime show right there. Especially for it to be in LA. That was sweet. Here's my one gripe with the Super Bowl. And I think this probably started with probably a guy like Drew Brees, where you bring your kids up onto the, the big stage, right? Not all the players get to go up to the big stage. Not all of them get to touch the Lombardi right away. You have to be a superstar. You gotta be a stud. Got to be one of those guys on the team that when you think of that team name, first about five, six guys that come top of mind are the guys that are up there. Cooper Cup, Aaron Donald, Matt Stafford. Did Matt Stafford's kids? What? Can we stop with the kids and, you know, Steph Curry's done a couple times in some post-game interviews. Got his kids there. I'm sorry, but I, I don't care about your children. I really don't. I want to hear what you think. Believe it or not, your kids aren't that great at speaking. And I know every parent out there thinks their kid's the greatest and they're the next big whatever you want them to be. But for all professional athletes... From just the 
average fan out there watching, we don't care. We really don't care. We want to hear what you think. How you feel. See your emotion. Your three-year-old kid doesn't get it. That's yeah, a cool experience for them. They're not going to remember it. Your kid's not Tiger Woods, all right? Get him out of there. All right, that's my one gripe with the Super Bowl and what I'm tired of seeing. Commercials this year? Average. Very average. A couple good ones. The Jim Carrey uh, coming back as the cable guy. Interesting one. Not bad. Good to see Jim working. But a good game. Very good game. I think that kind of went the way a lot of us thought. It was close. The Rams came out on top. Fun game to watch, no doubt. The Vikings, now introducing their newest head coach, can finally do that. They're hiring a bunch of coaches right now. Um, Bruce Fieldman tweeted out just the other day um, a bit about Jerron Johnson. And uh, he's going to be, from my understanding, it sounds like one of the quarterback coaches. Uh, they got coaches for everything now in the NFL. But um, in a tweet that came out, uh, it was said that he's impressed a lot of folks in the quarterback world. He worked hard to develop his teaching and coaching ability on the field and would travel to Elite 11 regional and finals to get coaching reps in with high, high school quarterbacks. He would do it for very little money. The internships continue. Holy smokes, we're bringing in a quarterback coach that got reps with high school QBs? Sweet. I get he was a really good coach, or a really good player, really good quarterback in college, right? So the guy knows what he's going to be talking about. But can we, like, where's the line get drawn on, I mean, did, did that really, is that what kind of pushed him over the edge? Is that the thing the Vikings really needed? Was that guy that went to Elite 11 Regional and Finals to get extra coaching reps? And he did it for very little money? Of course it was very little money. Are you kidding me? I'd never heard of this Elite 11. I'm sure it's like a Pascali or some flag football type deal in the offseason for high school players. I bet it's great. It's awesome. And we'll have all sorts of NFL stars in the making come out of these. But is that really the thing that's going to separate him from Like, can, can the media just stop somewhere? Doing it for very little money. Yeah. Okay. I get it course it's very little money worked really hard yeah I don't care how many Viking fans honestly give a rip and I just love that they add in the fact that it was for very little money I think that part just takes the cake for me honestly for very little money because he didn't make a lot in the NFL I didn't make a lot in college either. 
Yeah, I remember my little league coach. Boy, that guy was raking in the dough. <laughs> I mean, come on. It's got to stop somewhere, right? Uh, anyway, uh, so yeah, it's time to start looking at the draft. Draft is going to be held on April 28th this year, Thursday, of course. That's going to be round one. And uh, really only about two weeks or two months away now. The Vikes currently are sitting at the 12th pick. Last time the Vikings had the 12th pick, you may remember this, it was back in 2011. They selected Christian Ponder with the 12th pick. Really smart quarterback, graduated with two degrees from Florida State going to be the future. Yeah, that worked out well. The Vikes have had uh, two drafts where they've drafted the 12th spot. The other one, you got to go all the way back to 1973 when they took Chuck Foreman. Now that one, that one worked out. One for two out of the 12th spot. I'll take it. 50-50 shot. Flip a coin. See if someone pans out. So what the Vikes going to be looking for at 12 this year? I uh, haven't dove real deep into kind of what the projections are going to be. Obviously, there's still combine to be had. Some workouts that guys will be doing at their colleges. And I think we all know those, those can play big parts on the big board, if you will, in drafting. But early on, I, I've seen a several uh, guys that I think the Vikes should go after. Probably going to need them to drop to them. I'm thinking Ahmad Gardner from Cincinnati, cornerback. I think he's, he easily could go top 10, but if he can drop all the way to 12, the Vikes got to snag it. And then Derek Stingley Jr., from LSU, another cornerback. And I really think that is one of the Vikings. You know, I'm going to go ahead and say it. The Vikings' biggest hole right now in the entire team, it's not Kurt. I know we talk a ton about Kurt. We talk a ton about how poor the offensive line plays. But the biggest issue right now in this team is in the secondary. There's not a guy back there that you really trust. I mean, our best cover guy right now Patrick Peterson, who's going to be turned 32 this year. It's a secondary that didn't do a very good job. Had a hard time covering players in a league as pass happy right now. The NFL wants to throw the ball. Look at what the Rams did. They went out and got Matt Stafford. They need a guy that could throw the ball. Stafford's a gunslinger. Always has been. I saw some comparisons, too, uh, over the weekend of, you know, if Matt Stafford can win a Super Bowl, so can Kurt. Two very, very different quarterbacks. Someone had a tweet. They were taking a picture of, it was a one of the throws that he made to Cooper Cup. It wasn't the, uh, the no-look throw. 
which if you haven't seen that, go look that up because holy smokes. Not looking in that direction, looking the safety off and throws an absolute seed to Cooper Cup across his body. Beautiful pass. Got to see that if you haven't already. Um, but no, it's a different play where the tight end went out. He did kind of a button hook. And Cooper Cup was doing, I don't know, it was a shallow post or a deep slant, however you want to categorize it. And Stafford threw for it. Kirk Cousins in that instance, he throws it right to the tight end there. Every time. Nice, safe, easy play. I was talking about it last week a bit. I'm just letting Kirk go. Just let him sling the rock around. Let him throw it 50 times in the game. That would be the issue. He only threw seven picks last year. Doesn't take a lot of chances. You got a guy, Justin Jefferson, who's worth taking a few of those chances. We saw Matt Stafford yesterday throw two picks. One of them just heaved it down there. Third and, I think it was third medium. He just took a shot at the end zone. Scrambled out, used his legs, extended the play, heaved it up, 50-50 ball. Yeah, it was a little underthrown and got picked off. Big whoop. You're going to have to punt anyway. So I hope that carries over with O'Connell. Congrats to the new coach on the Super Bowl win. But the Vikes need help in the secondary, and that's where it's all going to have to start with them. That's where it's going to have to make some changes. That's where we're, we're going to have to see it. Um, Gardner in his entire college career in Cincy never had a touchdown thrown on him. Obviously, Cincinnati gave up plenty of touchdowns, but it was never a guy that Mr. Gardner was covering. you got to like something like that. Possible lockdown guy. And he's big, long, athletic. Say he's got really good ball skills. I'm all for that. We need that type of guy. That's the type of guy where if you can get one guy, and let's be honest, corners typically not that great their first year. Right? The league, it's kind of like a tight end. You got to go through a bit of a learning curve going to get beat sometimes pretty bad. We just watched Diggs down in Dallas. They made a lot, of, a lot of noise about him. He had a lot of interceptions, but if you watch him game in, game out, oof. He jumped 11 routes really well. He got burnt a lot, too. Good corner. Probably going to be one of the better ones here even next year, I'd say. But like tight end, it takes time. You're not just going to step into the league and be great. These guys that run these routes, I mean, it's scary how precise they are. Some of these throws the quarterbacks make, you don't see that stuff at Cincinnati? No. You don't see it at LSU either. You don't really see it in college. Think how many college quarterbacks get drafted and don't do anything in the league. A lot of them. A whole lot of them. So either way, drafting a corner in the first round is not going to solve all of our answers. It's not going to make the Vikings a contender next year. Not that I don't think they can be. They certainly could. 
I saw on the like way too early Super Bowl lines for next year. I believe the Vikings are forty to one odds right now. I think that's pretty fair. Right there with the Saints, the Eagles. Yeah, that's a pretty good spot. I think that's pretty fair right now for where the Vikings stand. The NFC North, I mean, it's, it's the Packers' division. Let's get real. I mean, that it hurts to say. It really hurts to say. It's great that Joe Mixon has more Super Bowl touchdowns thrown in the past decade than Aaron Rodgers, but it's still the Packers' division. It hurts. New show here, too, on uh, 365 Sportscast. We got new Packer show. That's out for all of our Packer faithful that tune in to Triple Play Tuesdays. You can follow us here at Triple Tuesdays out on Twitter. You can also email into the show, TriplePlayTuesdays at gmail.com. Feel free to tweet, email, let us know what your thoughts are, what you're thinking. teased in the open about having a confession. I teased it on Twitter just the other night. I have a confession and I have to get it off my chest and it has to do with the Wolves, the Timberwolves. Since we last talked, the Wolves lost another back-to-back. They came back and pounded the Pacers. Ant had a great night. 37 points. D'Lo had a good night. Cat kind of scraped and clawed his way to a good night. Only 15 points, but it had 13 boards. Five of those being offensive rebounds. So they look good against the Pacers. Now they're Coming back, and they're going to be playing again here tonight. And D'Lo has bought hundreds of tickets. I don't know exactly how many, but hundreds of tickets for tonight's game against the Hornets. And we briefly talked about it last week with D'Lo calling out the fans for not standing. Took it kind of easy on there's a moment over the weekend where Coach Finch, after D'Lo played zero defense, called a timeout immediately and then chewed him out. Watch the game this weekend and watch Cat cry to the referees over, over against Chicago. And it's brought me back to this point that this Timberwolf core sure drive me nuts and make it hard to watch them. It's not fun to tune on, tune into a game, flip on the tube and spend your night watching a guy cry to the referees over and over and over. It's not fun to hear one of your core players 
yell at the fans and be mad that they don't stand. They don't stand until the first bucket is made. He made reference in that to another basketball team here in town, the Lynx, and how that's what the Lynx do. All their fans, they stand until the Lynx make a basket. Well, here's the deal, Thilo. It's a WNBA, pal. That is a WNBA, and that is a very, very good WNBA team. One of the best the WNBA has ever seen. Tied for the most championships in the WNBA. And it's a gimmick to get the fans into it. So you're going to buy hundreds of tickets. Hundreds. And you're going to make those people stand. What is this, high school? Are you kidding me right now? Now you got to go to the game and stand until you make a basket? No, I'm sorry, but that should be expected. You know what also is expected by this team? Next to nothing. If you're 500 and you're playing for the T-Pups, people love you around town. 33 seasons. That's how many the Wolves have had now. Nine of those have been 500 or better. Eight of those nine came while KG was in town from 98 to 05. And he went off to Boston, won himself a championship. Can't fault the guy for that. They tried here, right? I mean, they made it to the Western Conference Finals. They had Spree. They had Sam Cassell. Wally. But here's the thing, D'Lo. When you look at the top ten basketball players that the Wolves have ever heard or ever had, Christian Leitner is rounding off that top ten. Ooh, man. You play for the worst franchise all of sports. And just me bringing that up, I know I'm going to get blowback on that. For whatever reason, in Minnesota, if you rip on the Wolves, you just don't get it. You must not see the promise this team has. The talent's there. Stop kidding yourself. Stop it. The biggest thing that Minnesota says constantly, this is every sports team, by the way. This isn't just the Wolves. But the talent's there. What a worn-out phrase. The talent's there. And you know what? With the Wolves, there is a lot of talent. This is a pretty good basketball team. We have kind of our mini big three in Cat, D'Lo, and Ant. And part of the only reason I tune into games is to see what what cool thing is Ant going to do tonight. The bench is good. But I'm not going to sit around and listen to some guy on the worst sports franchise ever tell me I got to stand up and 
wait for them to score a bucket. I think part of it, and when people get upset about someone ripping the wolves, and a lot of people do, right? I'm not the only one. But what's annoying is that you kind of got to get a sense for, for where you play. This isn't Golden State, pal. This isn't, you know, th th this is the equivalent to Sacramento, but worse. Not San Antonio. We don't see winning out of the T-Wolves. The last time we won or had an over 500 season, Jimmy Buckets was here. And we ran the guy out of town. We ran a winner out of town. I don't blame him at all for wanting to get out of here. I just can't take any more crybabying. I can't take getting upset, upset with fans. I'm done with that stuff. You're right. Their talent is here. I don't think it's enough talent. Delo's good, but he's not great. Cat's still got a lot of areas that he can improve in. Ant's young. He's going to continue to get better. He's a legitimate future superstar. No doubt about that. And they have a good bench. They have enough to make the playoffs. And you know what? That's all we're asking for out of the Wolves, okay? We just want you to be over 500 or right around it and just make the playoffs. And we'll all be happy with that. No one's going to be mad that you lose in the first round of the playoffs. You never make it. You never go. Eight winning seasons in a row from 1998 to 2005. And we went a decade without one. We're, we're going to get one this year, which they should. And that should be the expectation moving forward. Winning. That's what matters. Winning. That's it. It doesn't matter if the fans are standing at the game. It doesn't matter if the referee missed a call. The only thing that matters is winning. That's it. And if you don't do it here, you can bet. That team, they're going to move. Think A-Rod's really just going to sit around in Minnesota? Mm-mm. You could be looking at the future... Seattle Supersonics making a comeback right here. Remember the Lakers? They left too. Obviously, that was a very long time ago. But I said in one of the first episodes of Triple Play Tuesdays that this town is a basketball town. A basketball haven. There's a lot more basketball here than anyone realizes. So when you're calling out the fans that do get it, that 
are coming out. That aren't going and just looking for Chuck to get your five dollar tickets. Don't be complaining about them, D-Lo. It's the wrong crowd, man. It's the wrong people. They're at the game. And Cat's just gotta, he's just gotta stop. At some point, you just gotta, you gotta take your lumps, man. You gotta take, yeah, you're not gonna get every call. It's okay. All right? The NBA's become so ingrained with, if you are a top player, you get the calls. If you're not, you don't get the calls. How that happened, I, I don't really know. When did it really start? I don't think we could put a date on it by any means. But you know what, Cat? It's going to happen, man. You're going to get screwed sometimes. That's okay. All right? Move on. And uh, let's, play the, let's play the next play. Let's inbound the ball. Figure it out from there. The Wolves are only a game and a half back on Denver right now. Again, they'll be taking on the Hornets here later tonight. They had a good game against the Pacers. Hornets a team that they should beat, especially at home. You can see uh, one of the ball, ball brothers out there playing, leading point scorer for Charlotte this year. Charlotte is 500. On the season, um, Plumley out there too. I think Town should take care of Plum. Shaw's had a bit of a tough stretch here. Uh, they played Memphis. Most recently, in a loss to Memphis. Um, but this is a chance for the Wolves to kind of, you know, get back on track. Get a nice little win streak going on again. Uh, we're back. To three over 500, which is a good spot to be. Still trying to chase down the Nuggets, and the Nuggets. I mean, they're good, right? Like, I think we talked about that last week. It's it's not easy to chase them down, but it's doable, no doubt. Is it expected? Eh. Probably not. But if you can find a way to kind of sneak up there a little higher and in the seating and maybe not have to play one of those uh, playing games that they got going on. That'd be sweet. I know we'd love that. Give us some sort of best stuff. But so they're playing Charlotte uh, tonight. Then Toronto's going to be coming to town tomorrow night. And then they will wrap up uh, the homestand that they have here on Thursday and Friday with Memphis and Philly coming to town. And then before we talk again, they'll be out to Cleveland. So they could put together a nice little run here, I think. A couple tough teams in there, Memphis and, and Philly being one of them, two of them, I should say. So the Wolves' expectations still to have a winning season, to be in the playoffs, to be able to get to play in a best-of game, and not just a not just a one-and-done. Although again, 
a one and done here, that would be great. Huge improvement that would be. Even though the NBA lets half their teams in now, I don't care. If the Wolves can make the playoffs, I'm all about it. I want to see Ant in some playoffs. Woo, that'd be fun. So that's my confession on the Wolves. Deeply annoyed by them. Coach Finch, deeply annoyed. He said he was done talking about guys being tired. I think Cat came out and said that too. Just tired. It was back-to-back, so they get tired. Never heard of MJ complain about being tired, did you? Nope. Different leagues. Different times. Probably not fair to compare any of the Wolves players to MJ, but it's a very different game now than what it was back then. Continually evolving. We've seen that in all sports, right? We've seen uh, high scores is what you want to see. Football, baseball, basketball, hockey. I think the Wolves, you know, they're on the right track. We should be headed to our 10th season of 500 or better in the 33 years with the franchise being around maybe be able to crawl our way out of being the worst franchise in all sports most losing franchise of all sports maybe we'll see let's talk wild hockey the state of hockey Wild took on Detroit. We're filming this on Monday night. Actually, the second period just ended while they're up 4-2. to two. Got two goals there in the second. They were tied after the first. But are now finding finding the Detroit team that they're, uh, they're back over 500, but um, definitely a game in which the Wild should take care of business. The Wild looked very good against the Hurricane. Kevin Fiala scored the first goal of the game in the second period. And the Wild had a 3-0 lead. Almost gave that up, let the Canes come back kind of late in the third. Kaprizov with another goal, 20th of the season. The uh, Hurricanes actually had some really cool jerseys. I, I don't, I'll admit, don't watch a ton of Hurricane hockey. Good hockey team. I know that. 32-11-3 on the season. But I liked the simplicity of just the white Jays with Canes across the front. That was cool. It's funny how jerseys kind of go back and forth where we're, you know, simple for some time and then things really ramp up and you get some of those kind of retro looking jerseys at least that's what we were calling them for a while anyway this wild team they are tough to beat at home if they win tonight or at least get a point tonight with the uh, visiting Detroit Red Wings that'll be 13 games in a row in which the Wild 
Well, 13 games at home in a row in which the Wild have at least gotten a point. And that's what good teams do. Good teams, they find a way to get a point. Especially at home. I believe Kakinen is in gold tonight for the Wild. I'm a big Kakinen guy. Um, last night, Talbot had a nice night. Saved 37 of the 39 shots he had on goal last night. Looking very good. Now the same old, same old. That's been the nice part of Cam Talbot. Again, I don't know what you're going to get out of him. Five of six on the power plays last night. Uh, Dumba is out again. He was back for a little, just a little bit, and then now back out again. Not sure exactly what the injury is on this one this time, but um, he led the team, well, almost led the team in hits on uh, in their game against uh, the Hurricanes, Carolina. Not quite. A lot of block shots from the wild. That helps. Not a ton of shots on that, but that's okay. As long as you put more in the back of the net than the other team does, good things happen. You're going to win. Matt Boldy has the hat trick early on tonight for the Wild. Three goals on six shots. Kaprizov with another goal. His 21st of the season. Matt Boldy, though, young guy. He was one of those first rounders uh, just a couple of years ago um, that the Wild had drafted him. Young guy, born in 2001. 20 years old. Think of that. We're talking about guys born after the year 2000. Woo-wee. about start feeling old, huh? Congrats to that young man on the hat trick tonight. Now got, I think that brings him up to seven goals on the season. Fun surprise out of him. Obviously a guy that uh, Wild fans were excited to have come up to the big club. Um, didn't think it would quite be this early, honestly. Didn't realize that he'd be playing uh, with the Wild right away this season. Thought he might still be down in Iowa, the Boston College grad. He got called up. I think he was part of the call up when uh, power play was struggling a bit and needed a little, little juice. He's been playing pretty well over his last five games. He's got four points. Didn't have the greatest game in the world against uh, Winnipeg, but <laughs> honestly, not a lot of wild players did. Well, this Wild team remains to be a really fun team to watch. I've talked about this, and I talked about it over the weekend, actually, with a, a buddy and talking about the Wild. And The simple fact that 
the team scores and he can actually believe that just because they've given up two goals that the game's not over makes them a lot of fun to watch. I think that the Wilds big thing here this year is going to be can they go all in? They should go all in this year. We're getting pretty close to the trading deadline for the NHL um, in this year. I know that's something that you know us as Minnesota sports fans we really, really kind of keep an eye on with the Wild. Are, are they going to make a big move now? The Wild have in the past. That's one team in town that hasn't been scared to make a splash when needed. When they think that that window of opportunity is open, we've seen them go out sign a player that can make a difference have they always no they don't always pan out but we've seen we've seen them willing to do that and that's big that's big and, you, and I think this is one of those years where if you have the opportunity I don't know who you're going to want to trade off this team honestly I think they're in a spot somewhat similar to the Wolves where you have a lot of guys having really good seasons and parting ways with one and taking a chance on someone else might not be the best call. Now, if the Wolves could trade for, you know, Steph Curry or someone crazy, yeah, definitely worth it, right? Same thing with Wild. If you go out and get yourself some crazy names, sure, yeah, absolutely. Take whatever you want. But I think right now, with how good this team's been, how good they've been playing, Billy Guerin had said in the beginning of the season the most important thing is winning. There was a clip of him right in the beginning of the season. They had just finished up a practice, and he goes into the, the locker room after practice. They're having a little meeting, and, and Bill Guerin looks at Matt Dumba, and he says, Dumba, what's the most important thing? And Dumba you know, rattles off some cliche thing, you know, like having fun and playing hard and being a good team, being a good teammate maybe. Bill Guerin goes, no, it's winning. Gotta love that attitude. Because that is what's most important after all. You play a professional sport, it's all about winning. Be the nicest guy in the world. Kirk Cousins. But if you don't win, we don't care. Just ask Kirk. So we'll see if the Wild do make any moves here at the uh, at the trade deadline. Like I said, I, am I against it? Certainly not. Do I think they will? Probably not. I really don't. I, I really don't think they're going to. Um, Wild right now, points-wise, are in second place. We did catch Nashville. Woohoo! That was just some time coming. 61 points right now, second in the Western Conference, only behind the Avalanche. Ooh. They've been good. They haven't lost a, 
lost a game in regulation over the last 10 games. They're 9-0-1 right there behind them. Only a cool <laughs> 11 points behind them are the Wild. I think when you do look at the West, I mean, those are your two best teams in the West, hands down, are the are the Wild and the Avalanche. And obviously, the Avalanche having a great season. They've scored a lot of goals this year. A lot of goals. Second only to the uh, Florida Panthers, who do have a game, one more game played so far this year. So, um, you know, if the Avalanche can score four goals in the next game, they'll be tied. But, yeah, two teams that score a ton of goals. The uh, Eastern Conference, top two teams in the East right now, both Florida teams, the Panthers and Lightning, and the Maple Leafs. Maple Leafs. Uh, riding in third right now, 63 points in the East. There's some good teams in the East. You know, the, the Red Wings that the Wild are playing tonight, 22-21 and 6 for 50 points. Um, you know, they're obviously, they're, they're a playoff team, so it's good to see the Wild playing playoffs teams. Um, kind of taking it to them. If you're one of the best teams in the league, you take it to those other those other teams. Wild did lose right out of the break to the Winnipeg Jets, who they will be facing again this week, uh, tomorrow night. And then Friday, we'll be playing host the Florida Panthers. Most goals in the league. Highest scoring team in the NHL this year. Yeah, so they're a good team. Um, it'll be a it'll be a fun, fun game for the Wild. I think that's one where you can kind of see where they stack up and where, you know, where they expect themselves to go. They're gonna have to beat teams like Florida. They're gonna have to beat teams like the Lightning. They're gonna have to beat a team like the Penguins. They took care of the Hurricanes. Another very good team. 67 points on the season. Um, so that's what they're going to have to do. And, I mean, so far, they've, they've definitely risen to that challenge. It'll be interesting to see um, them as they continue to move on here throughout the season, see if they do anything on the break or not. Again, I don't think so, but we'll see. We'll keep tracks of it. We'll tweet them out. Again, you can follow us on Twitter. Turn on those notifications. See uh, see what we got to say. Follow us at Triple Tuesdays on Twitter. We also just this within this last week some kind of fun, exciting news uh, where we are now up on Spotify. So if you can't join us on a Tuesday evening, you can follow us on Spotify. Again, turn on those notifications. We'll try to get those episodes out fairly quickly after the show airs on Tuesdays. And then you can listen to it on Wednesday. Let's do it on Thursday, Friday, whenever you want, wherever you want. That's the best part of all this stuff. Wherever, whenever, baby. 
you can bring Triple Play Tuesdays along with you. Got a long car ride? Bring us along. Said we talk a little bit about baseball. I guess we'll kind of wrap things up with baseball. What's there to talk about? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. They are going to be delaying spring training. They are hurting the game. They are not making a ton of progress. They're they're not going to be testing for steroids anymore. It's funny they have that come out right after the Hall of Fame votes. I wonder if that if something like that, if, is that going to be enough to finally get Bonds and Clemens into the Hall of Fame? Can't call it a Hall of Fame without two of the best players of all time in it, right? And I can't be alone in that thought. I know I'm not. I think the majority of baseball people are, are in that mind now. Why it's still getting voted on by writers, I don't know. I guess it's better than a fan vote. We've seen those just colossal messes some of the all-star games and the fan votes. But yeah, they should still be in. Uh, baseball, though, yeah, not a whole lot of movement going on here. Spring training for some teams was supposed to be starting late this week, early next week. That's not going to happen. It's going to start happening. We've already seen it a little bit with some of these players. Is they're going to start coming out and they're going to start trying to make media, the fans, anyone they can start start feeling bad for, and start acting like it's not their fault that these billion-dollar owners can't seem to find a deal. Don't want to make a deal with them. It's not true, folks. These owners are losing millions, millions and millions and millions and millions of dollars by them not playing. Now the owners don't get off scotch free. Let's let's not try to contort the contort this into that. They don't. There's no way. The owners are just as guilty as the players. The thing is, is that the owners don't come out and they don't throw themselves a pity party and tell you all about, you know, you should feel bad for them. Because, quite frankly, you shouldn't feel bad for any of these guys. It's not these guys that you should be feeling bad for. It's these minor leaguers. It's these young kids. It's the fans. It's the dad that takes his son to you know, two ball games a year. The family that is out in North or South Dakota that once a year makes a trip into the Twin Cities to go watch the Twins play for a weekend, hang out, go check out the Mall of America, get a hotel. Family that comes up from Iowa, come watch the club. Those are the people you should feel bad for. The kid that pedestalizes and dreams of being a major leaguer 
not getting a chance to go to the ballpark and watch a guy like Byron Buxton play. Those are the people that are losing in this situation. When you talk about the, the game, these players will come out and they'll say, well, they're wrecking the game. They're hurting the game. These owners, they're not helping the game. You're going to hear a lot of that in the upcoming weeks, especially the, the further we get in to these delays, delays with spring training. This goes for all sports. When you start talking about hurting the game, you're talking about future generations, really. Now, a lot of these guys say it and they act like it's because it's hurting them, it's hurting the game. Well, no. I mean, sure, it is hurting you, but it's hurting future generations and the popularity of your game. That's what you need to have for your game to continue to be played and played at a high level. If boys and girls never get to watch baseball, but they get to see football, they get to see basketball, the Olympics are on this year, maybe they're watching some of the Olympics, you know, they want to get into curling. God, I hope my kids get into curling. It's such a cool sport. there's a lot of different activities that these young people these young athletes can get into when you lose visibility of your sport profession that you have made for yourself it's not only hurting you it's hurting the fans it's hurting future fans and potential fans and when you hurt the fans you're gonna lose money man where do you think all those pay checks come from those million dollar deals TV money how'd that come about oh cause fans wanted to sit down and watch you play Fans drove to the ballpark, got some Bushweisers, some hot dogs, a little popcorn, sat there and watched you play. So don't feel bad for these guys. Because they're not coming up with a deal. Now there are certain things that do need to change from the owner's standpoint. You need to pay minor leaguers a livable wage. Now, when I say a livable wage, I'm not saying that these guys should be making a million dollars in the minor leagues. No, not even close. These guys in the minors shouldn't be making more than, than my neighbor Steve, who who's a, a welder. No. I get they put a lot of time in. A lot of effort goes into becoming a professional athlete of any any kind but they don't work as hard as Steve I know that I see that guy every day come home tired beaten up Been doing it for over 20 years now but that's the thing about athletes is that their window to make money pretty small 
especially when it comes to baseball. These players are essentially owned by a team for the majority of their career. They don't have a lot of rights. Hopefully they get a big signing bonus, but you know, at that point, after that, they paid nothing. Got four or five guys living in a single bedroom apartment trying to make it work. Guys that are 18, 19, 20 years old, away from their families for the first time, having to put up good numbers to perform at a very high level for a shot at a dream they've had their entire lives. Some of these guys, more and more of these guys, in a new country for the first time. We've seen such an explosion with players coming from overseas, whether it be Korea, Japan, the Dominican, Venezuela, Puerto Rico. We're seeing more and more of that. So you got to be able to pay these guys so that they can at least live. You got to get rid of the robo ump. Oh man, that is just going to be a nightmare. Nightmare waiting to happen. I'm going to be really interested, though, uh, to see, especially this summer, once once they do figure all this stuff out, because it will happen at some point, folks. It's going to happen. It has to happen. There's just too much money to be lost for all these guys, whether it's you're looking at it from the owner's perspective or from the player's perspective. There's just too much money out there. Way too much. It's too bad we're... we're you know, could get shortchanged on, on some of these players. You think of a guy like Mike Trout, uh, who a lot of people argue could go down as the greatest ball player of all time. Now that's obviously up for discussion. And, you know, he's not there yet, but he's <laughs> he's certainly trending in that direction. It would be terrible to lose a season of his. It would really stink to, especially after COVID, lose another season. But once they do figure it out, I'm going to go out to a Saints game, and I want to see this robo-ump in action. I'm excited to see this robo-ump in action. I just want to, part of me, I just want to see the guys that get screwed on a call, how funny that's going to be, how mad they're going to be. Catcher's going to be blocking a ball in the dirt. Oh, that'll be great. That'll be an awesome time. We're going to be wrapping up tonight's show here. We are very happy to have been able to do this again. Fortunately, we can't stay all night long, though. But we'll be back again next week. Again, follow us on Twitter Triple Tuesday. I can't sit still for a minute. I'm so Thank you all for listening. Keep it Charlie stay down with them. Dickens. Keep your eyes on your own bobber. Right round let's for the rattle folks. Let's keep playing these games that we don't want to finish. And I'm sorry if